Let's talk about the best way to treat lower abdominal cramping pain, okay? Well, I think you'd want to go to an expert, right? Someone who's qualified that really knows their stuff, and that would be a GI doctor. You'll probably get several uh, prescriptions, one being an antispasmodic medication. You might get some painkillers, antacids. Maybe they'll send you to the drugstore to get Pepto-Bismol or Gas-X. Well, if that doesn't work, you can always be sent to a psychiatrist to get cognitive behavioral therapy, right? I mean, to me, it's mind-blowing that a GI doctor would not really emphasize your diet. I mean, if I had to go back to school, I think I would want to be a GI doc because it would be so easy and I would be doing things so differently, yet I think I would get amazing results instead of focusing on all these complex diagnoses, which are really descriptions of symptoms, I would focus primarily on the diet because the digestive system is really the machine to assimilate food. And when we talk about lower abdominal cramping pain, I will bet you anything it's related to what the person is eating. Even if they have a deficiency of bile, hydrochloric acid, friendly bacteria, enzymes, Somewhere along the line, those problems originated from poor diet. But typically when you're getting cramps and pain in the lower part of the GI tract, there's something to do with malabsorption. It could be any number of things that interfere with your digestion. It could be small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It could be irritable bowel syndrome. It could be diverticulitis, diverticulosis. But primarily you're getting bloating, maybe diarrhea, loose stools, if we have a malabsorption problem, we have a problem with the little colon cells. There's a couple different kinds. There's the enterocyte, there's the colonocyte, and these cells do a lot of work helping to absorb food, okay? They have these little hairs that project from them that are filled with enzymes to help you digest. And so they break stuff down and then they absorb amino acids, glucose, fatty acids, vitamins, electrolytes, water, et cetera. And when they're healthy, they can do their job. When they're not healthy, they don't have the enzymes to break things down. So some of this food gets passed along. The fructose especially gets passed along if you have any type of fruit. You know, 50% of table sugar is fructose. So that fructose ends up in the large intestine and boy, do your microbes love that. And they just go after that and they create all sorts of problems like with gas and things like that. Then you have undigested fats that end up in the colon that never get absorbed because of some reason. That could be a lack of bile, or it could just be that your colon is not taking in these fats anymore. So it ends up in the stool. So the stool may float, okay? Or you might have this oily stool that leaves these little skid marks on the toilet. So this means the fat that should be absorbed and the fat-soluble vitamins that should be absorbed have not been absorbed. Let's take vitamin A. If you don't have vitamin A, you start getting these little brown, flaky, dry things on your skin. That's called hyperkeratosis. Not that you would ever need to know that name, but if you can memorize that, you'll sound really smart at a party. Or if you're deficient in vitamin K1, you can get these little black and blue spots on your skin. Okay. It's called ecchymosis or you can get a vitamin D deficiency, okay? And you're going to get bone pain, primarily in your lower back. Your lower back's going to be achy, stiff. It could be other places too, but normally you're going to feel it in the lower back first. Now, just as a side note, like vitamin K2 
is another vitamin that helps keep calcium out of the joints. It helps keep calcium out of your arteries. Very important. E. coli, believe it or not, that's actually a normal microbe in your gut that helps you. Okay. It does turn pathogenic if the environment changes, but when it's friendly, it actually makes B vitamins, B1, B2, B6, B12. It even helps you break down lactose, milk sugar. So some of these microbes can be friendly, they can help you, and then they can flip and become very unfriendly if the environment is not right, like taking antibiotics. Unfortunately, a great majority of the antibiotics are given to animals. And so uh, that creates a problem with E. coli because you're going to throw up this whole balance. And now they're going to carry more unfriendly E. coli. But the more inflammation or problems you have in the gut, the more sensitive you're going to be to gluten, the more problems you're going to have with milk, especially lactose, fructose from fruit, the more problems you're going to have with grains, the more problems you're going to have with legumes and beans, and even nuts and seeds. You just want to avoid all those. Instead, a really good thing for you to do, okay, you can make a stew. And you can actually put bones in them, actually cut the bones in half or buy them cut in half. So you get all the bone marrow and you can make your own bone broth stew. So you can put meat in there. You can put a whole chicken in there. You can put fish in there. We want to cook this to break down the collagen. It's really good for inflammation in the gut. And um, also if you put vegetables in there like cabbage and carrots and other things, they're going to cook down enough where they're not going to bother you at all. But here's the thing, when you want to heal the gut, you want to actually do a little more fat. You don't want to do lean protein. You want to do kind of a fatty protein, not a lot, but just sufficient amounts. And that fat shouldn't be from coconuts or other types of plants like corn oil or soy oil, things like that. Your fat should be saturated animal fat. It's going to help your colon heal. So when you put the chicken in there, make sure the skin's in there. When you put either lamb or some type of meat, make sure you put fatty cuts. Now, another thing you can have is if you do a kefir, if you could find a lactose-free kefir, so that way you won't have any sensitivities. And if you could actually find a lactose-free goat's kefir, that would be the best. And uh, do the whole milk. And if it's organic, that would be even better, right? That would actually help you. Another thing in small amounts to help fortify those little colon cells would be to consume some probiotic foods. There's a good amount of bacteria in raw cheese. Unfortunately, in America, uh, most of it is pasteurized, but in Europe, you have the raw cheeses. You might be able to find raw milk cheese in the United States, but the raw milk cheese gives you a lot of good probiotics. And if you can get that uh, from like a goat's cheese or a sheep cheese, that would be way better than a cow milk cheese. Another fat that can be beneficial for the gut would be ghee. Not a lot, just have a little bit in the diet. You'll find that it can actually help you. It's loaded with nutrition. And of course, fermented vegetables. Now, because they're fermented, they're going to have a lot less anti-nutrition. They're going to be easier to digest, but test the waters. Just have a little bit and see how you do. Most people do quite well. Uh, instead of doing a big salad or a lot of vegetables, the fermented vegetables, just a little bit would be awesome. Or cook your vegetables, put in the stew, steam them. You'll find that you'll be able to digest them a little bit better. But out of all the vegetables that a person can consume with digestive problems, cabbage is at the top of the list. There's something about cabbage that seems to be very therapeutic to the gut. 
It could be because of the sulforaphane, which actually kills off H. pylori, or there are certain phytonutrients that are good to digest. But even people that have like um, gastritis or even irritable bowel syndrome, many times can do cabbage, but they can't do other types of vegetables. So we have these levels of digestive problems. We have uh, a really good digestive system, and then we have a really bad digestive system. And the worse off the digestive system, the more strict you need to do this to the point where you can't really consume any vegetables or any fiber, and definitely no fruit, and definitely no grains, uh, no beans, no legumes. You actually have to have a really good digestive system to digest all these things. But like soups or stews with collagen can be extremely beneficial and healing to your gut. You should try it out. I think you're going to be quite uh, surprised how it works.